1: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. This is
2: Women To Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams.
3: Women To Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for
4: those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change
3: be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams
5: true philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given
3: now women to watch here's your host sue rocco
4: Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm joined this evening by Jessica Wook, who is the Chief Product Officer for Robust Wealth, and she leads their network and software development engineering teams. She's going to be with me in just a moment. Um, as always, be sure to stay with us as we go into our breaks where you will hear from our watch team of contributors bringing you up-to-date information and inspiration from their fields in health education, finance, technology, leadership, and diversity. And please be sure to visit our website at womentowatch.net, that's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T, um, to be in touch with myself or any one of our contributors, and be sure to follow us on our social media pages as well. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Women To Watch. And now I'd like to welcome to the show Jessica Wook. Jessica, thanks so much for being here.
6: Thanks for having me, Sue. This is awesome.
4: Well, listen, I um, first of all, I want the audience to understand that while you are with Robust Wealth, you are an engineer, and your work is um, centered around um, software programming and, and more of a technology role. And um, I wanted to ask you right off the top, just so that we have a sense of the company, do you... Do you deal with advisors, personal clients, or businesses, or perhaps a combination?
6: Yeah, so our company is really viewed as a business-to-business technology provider. So we provide technology solutions to advisors, okay. um, independent okay. advisors, RIAs, and in some cases, enterprises. Um, so we... we have um, services and products in that technology stack that we we provide to these folks.
4: Okay, terrific. Um, I want to go back and and learn a little bit about the young Jessica growing up <laughs> in uh, Troy, New York. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I understand you were the youngest of two. And I'd love to hear a little bit about um, your upbringing and, and how your mom was such an influence on you. Oh,
6: thanks for that. She is one of my primary influencers. so yes I have, a, I have an older brother who um, you know I look up to a great deal. He was a, a great friend throughout childhood, um, even picked on me a bit as all older brothers do. And my mom is a I'm going to call her her a serial entrepreneur, um, but just an amazing businesswoman and she really helps set the stage for me to understand customer experience and the value of treating customers and employees like family Mm. Um, and she ran a successful retail business for over 30 years um, outside of just in Bennington, Vermont so just outside of our hometown of Troy, New York Okay. and then my dad was a master plumber for many many years and both are now retired and still live in Troy. And so
4: where is Troy?
6: Um, So if you're familiar with upstate New York and the capital Albany uh, it's about 20 minutes east of Albany and Troy is this great little town. It's um, actually called the Collar City because back in the the day they made collars separate from shirts, and oh, Troy okay. was known for making collars. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's a lovely lovely town um, going through its own uh, sort of metamorphosis and revitalization. Uh, right on the the banks of the Hudson River and it's a stone's throw from beautiful downtown Bennington Vermont
4: mm, wow so way up there and and I've not yeah. been to, I've not been to that area um you tell me your, about your mom's business it was a retail business and did you go in and work with her
6: yes I I remember fondly like growing up in her in her shop and like when I mean growing up I literally took naps behind the counter <laughs> um, you know it's it was a family. So we had space um, in a great antique center in Bennington. And her business started out as a floral business. just She did silk and dried flowers and then started to carry lines of folk art-like gifts. So, um, you know, then she, she evolved her business into carrying lines like Yankee Candle Company and wow. um, uh, Vera Bradley Bags. Okay. Um, and she ended up having two businesses really and then she combined them and had two business partners um, for most of the 30 years. So she, she ran a profitable business and really can attribute a lot of that profit and success to how she curated product lines, how she talked with her customers and people that worked with her and for her because there were other little businesses in the same complex. Um, And so I started doing floral design with her, too, um, when I was little and loved it. And then I also went on buying shows. So I got to see a little bit of the the wholesale side of of the business and understand a little bit about the the power of buying, merchandising, um, setting up displays and really making a visual impact for customers. Mm. Um, But I really hung in there for the long run and did a lot of, floral design with
4: her. Well, that was one of my questions. I know that you do have a love of flowers and gardening, and I was wondering where that came from, and now that answers my yep. question.
6: Yeah. Yes, my, my mom's gardens at home are amazing. Wow. She and my dad are, are just, I don't know, ma- magical when it comes to gardening.
4: Wow. Well, you know what's interesting to me, Jessica, about you? You went off and, and got your degree in engineering. And yet you have always, it seems to me, to have this interest and love of people and relationships. And um, sometimes, you know, when we have an image of someone who is working, you know, as an engineer uh, with computers and software and development, that that's someone who would, you know, kind of prefer to be working alone. Um, and yet your experience has been very much centered around customer-client um Uh, feedback I'll say.
6: Yeah I think that's a fair statement for sure because I I never really I I went to Drexel University and I never really fell in love with programming Um, but I was still fascinated by software development and super fascinated with this concept of, oh, you can give somebody a tool to do their job better or to get creative vision out of their head and into something tangible for them. Mm-hmm. That, to me, was really interesting. And I just, you know, I, I really wasn't great at sitting behind a keyboard and coding. I needed more human interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I had a opportunity as a co-op, and, and that's just a phenomenal program that Drexel offers, right to... Take on a network uh, engineering type of a role. It was it was a network support engineer role, and I really loved it. Um, you know everything from problem solving, critical thinking, human interaction. It was all there in that environment, and I I just absolutely adored it. And then I found you know going through that that kind of cycle of network support engineer into network engineering, I was I was moving into a leadership capacity. Mm. Um, so that was fun.
4: Okay. I want to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. I'm talking to Jessica Wolf, the Chief Product Officer for Robust Wealth. Stay with us, and you'll hear from Don Zier, our CEO watch, and Holly Dowling for our leadership watch. We'll be
7: right back.
3: Now, the Women to Watch,
1: CEO watch.
7: Hi, I'm Don Zier, CEO of Nutrisystem with today's CEO watch. Over the last few weeks, we talked about creating a facts-based culture, one that is focused, accountable, customer-centric, and team-oriented. This week, we're going to wrap up our culture conversation by focusing on the S in facts, which stands for solution-based. Having multiple college degrees in computer science and electrical engineering, my training has taught me to take complex problems, break them down into components, solve for each, and then build back to a solution. This approach has served me well, especially as a CEO, as it simplifies things that can appear to be overly complex. By way of example, product launches are complicated and never go exactly as planned. When we launched the South Beach Diet in 2017, we found that while there was a high interest in the program, returns were also high. As we thought through why this could be, we identified several different areas for investigation. Did the food taste okay? Was the program hard to follow? Were people losing weight? We also tapped into our contact center to find what they were hearing, and they told us customers were complaining about freezer space. A quick analysis showed us that the food was arriving intact, the program was easy to follow, and people were indeed losing weight, all good. What we did uncover was that the food was a little too spicy, so we needed to pull back on some of the flavoring. And we also conducted a freezer test. In hindsight, better to do this before launch than after, and confirmed that space was also an issue. We ended up doing some repackaging and were able to successfully address this concern. We solve quickly, and two years later, South Beach represents 10% of our business. In closing, remember problems are headaches for your boss. You don't want to be known as the person who brings problems to the table. You want to be the one that identifies issues and comes up with solutions. This doesn't mean you'll always have the answer, but you can always come with a plan for attacking the problem that breaks things down into potential root causes that can systematically be analyzed, ruled in or out, and then ultimately solved for. Thanks, everyone. I'm Don Zier here for CEO Watch. I'll be back next Sunday to talk about why we never outgrow the need for mentors. Have a great week.
4: Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the Foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the panorama process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments, it's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com or call 610-238-6636. The Foley-Hilsey Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's F H B A I R D dot com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hillsley at 610 238 6636. That's 610 238 6636.
8: Women to watch. Leadership Watch. Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling here with your Leadership Watch. And today I want to share with you something really powerful that's been happening. So I've mentioned and want to remind you all that this incredible program that we have really launched globally called Extraordinary Leader, and it's taken off and it's actually blowing my mind. And someone asked me recently, why is this so viral? What is happening? And my answer was simply, when you create something to serve and to support human beings, And not treating people as knowledge banks, amazing things can happen. And I firmly believe, as you all know, that leadership is a privilege and you don't need a title to lead. It's how we lead and influence the people around us every day of our life. But one of the biggest pieces of extraordinary leader and what I want to talk about and share with you is accountability. Do you have your own accountability, buddy? If not, have you thought about it? How about having your teams and coworkers and cross functional teams, people that work together, thinking about having an accountability partner, an accountability buddy? This is very different than mentoring and very different than sponsoring. It's cross functional. It's maybe completely somebody out of your own company, but I believe in accountability. And extraordinary leaders are people that are willing to do things that others are not. So, what are you willing to do different today? to create an extraordinary life for yourself and make yourself accountable because accountability is huge. I love accountability. I actually do it with my spouse. I do it with my kids, and I do it with my team. And to me, when you can ask somebody to be your accountability partner and be willing to have 30-minute cup of coffee, a meeting on the phone, and share what's going on in your life and share your challenges, share your goals and your dreams, but have somebody to be accountable to, it can change your life. Reach out to me. Love to hear from you at hollydowling.com. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210
4: I'm having a great conversation this evening with Je- Jessica Wook, excuse me, uh, Chief Product Officer at Robust Wealth. And um, we were talking about, you know, your background um, as an engineer and two questions I have for you. I'd love your personal view on what you think it is that, girls women bring to your industry you know what are the traits um, that are different from men and and why we need more women doing the kind of work you're doing and if you could define for um, for us in layman's terms you know what exactly is a network operations engineer what what do they do (laughs) all
6: right all right Um, so, so to the first question you know what what do women bring to engineering um, I think this could be true of, of any um, aspect of diversity and inclusion. It's that The more you increase your pool of diversity and, and you include others from whether it's different backgrounds or different walks of life, you're going to get unique perspective and really unique experiences that might open your eyes and open your mind to something that you didn't consider yourself. Um, you know, even coming into my role at Robust Wealth, I had worked at technology companies before but never finance, never fintech, um, so I came into this role offering a, a different perspective, um, perhaps different innovative points of view, and I think that's the key thing to look at is, is always look at um, diversity and inclusion and know that it's for the reasons of perception and ideas and driving innovation. Um, and then to, to your second question about what is it, a network <laughs> operations or, or network support engineer. Um, so, oh, gosh, uh, I worked for SunGuard Availability Services um, for many years, and my first official role there was network support engineer. So I sat in what you know, folks in the industry would call a fishbowl, um, otherwise commonly called network operations center, Um, And you look across all these different monitors and tools that help you understand are things operating the way that they should be? Um, Is there connectivity happening uh, across the the grid, across the network? Um, And we really do first line of defense for triaging any issues that may come up. Um, We handled requests for creating brand-new connectivity, so provisioning uh, networks, really helping customers solve problems. So, you know, there was phone support. There was um, online tickets that came in via email or a ticketing system. Um, And there was a lot of interaction uh, across the different engineers in the room. And you had people with different skills and roles that we played, but we were all a team. And I learned a lot about teamwork and customer support and leadership in that in that role. Mm. It was a really good foundation.
4: So you know, no industry is without technology today. So I'm wondering if uh, you're in fintech, as you say, financial the financial field. Um, how is engineering and and working in the role that you do different across different industries, or is it not? Because you're working again for. Um, creating software that will benefit you know your clients and customers and is it the same no matter what industry you're in
6: yeah i think that's that's a really interesting question because it's rooted at 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 a point of what are we trying to solve right technology is here to try to solve either a problem or enable something to go faster or make life easier, right? So I think if you look at that as a route, you, you kind of even the playing field quite a bit. Um, I look at uh, my my prior role at Comcast, and specifically in Comcast, there's different lines of business, and those different lines of business provide different products and <laughs> services and technology, mm-hmm. um, and. And then I look at Robust Wealth, and even within Robust Wealth, we have different platforms that serve different customer personas, um, you know, and, and the way that we approach technology and the way that we approach building product and working as a team is the same in all those different um, use cases.
4: So tell me, Jessica, what is your leadership style? How, how do you motivate your own team? What's your approach? Oh, Wow.
6: You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to, to get the perspective of my team after they listen to this.
4: Too. <laughs> they might have a different answer.
6: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I try to I try to approach things with honesty and transparency and uh, a lot of humility. Um, so I want to be um, an obstacle. Remover for my team and this goes back to part of like a, a mindset of servant leadership that I have um, I want to make sure that their job, they're enabled not enabled They have the tools that they need and they have the authority and the the power to get the job done um, You know and that they're, they're clear. What is what is the mission intent? Um, you know, where are we trying to go? How will we know we've arrived at our destination? And, and that we're successful, and you know, quite frankly, the people I've hired are are so much smarter and so much better at their specific roles than I could ever be. And I just I admire that, and I learn hopefully as much from them as they do from me.
9: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, and I really I really truly try to say like, this is what I think, but I want I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear your input. Um, or this is where we're going to go. How do you want to get there?
9: Mm.
6: And, and let's negotiate. Maybe, maybe there's some things I didn't consider. Um, and then there's always time, too, for, nope, let's be direct. you got to get this done.
4: Yeah, when a decision, well, right, you have to be decisive at, at some points, yeah. right, And in order to move yeah. forward. Um, you're listening to Women to Watch with Jessica Wook, and she is the Chief Product Officer for Robust Wealth. We're going to take a break, and you'll hear from our Health Watch, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, and Fortis Wealth for our Finance Watch.
3: We'll be right back. Now, the Women to Watch, Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Happy Anniversary, this is the first show of the second year of Women To Watch. Congratulations to our stellar host Sue Rocco, I'm extremely grateful to be part of it. Obesity, more than a third of Americans over age 20 are obese. Aside from causing diabetes and heart disease, it also increases risk of at least 13 cancers. Well, there's surgery for weight loss, an operation can either remove a portion of the stomach, then you fill up more quickly and eat less or bypass surgery which closes off several inches of intestine where you usually absorb calories. But surgery is not always the best option depending on a patient's condition or a patient may want a less invasive approach. A newer field in gastroenterology is bariatric endoscopy. These procedures are done with a scope, not surgery, sometimes called scarless surgery. Two types, the intragastric balloon. Using the scope, a fluid-filled balloon is placed in the stomach for six months then removed. Done around the world, over 300,000 cases, you can expect about a 10% weight loss. Or sleeve gastroplasty. Using the scope, stitches are placed to sew a portion of the stomach and reduce it to one-third the volume. Expect 20% weight loss. These are outpatient procedures with very little downtime, unfortunately not covered by insurance. Dr. Austin Chang at Jefferson heads bariatric endoscopy and leads a comprehensive program Dr. Chang works closely with all members of the Weight Management Center, including obesity medicine doctors, bariatric surgeons, and endocrinologists. Patients see our GI dietitians and nurse practitioners regularly. Call 1-800-JEFF-NOW for an appointment to see Dr. Austin Chang, C-H-I-A-N-G. Get advice that can save your life. And divas, it's March, Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Every skyscraper in the Ben Franklin Bridge will be wearing blue this week. Get screened.
4: Introducing
7: Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com.
1: If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting.
3: The Women to Watch, Finance Watch.
1: Hi, this
5: is Terry, And this is Christina. And we're from Fortis Wealth. I read that a couple in retirement can expect to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for medical expenses. How can we help people plan for that?
9: Well, most people don't want to talk about it at all, but we ask them, what is your plan for long-term care? How people pay for long-term care depends on their financial situation and the kinds of services they use. They often rely on a variety of sources, including their personal funds, Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care insurance, veterans benefits, and other services through the Older Americans Act. Planning in advance for the possibility of long-term care gives you time to learn about services in your community and what they cost. It also allows you to make important decisions while you're still able. Don't
5: most people associate long-term care with the nursing home, as in, I'm never going in a home?
9: Yes, that's a common reaction. And there are plenty of statistics about the probability of needing care, but everyone thinks they will be the exception. The reality is that most long-term care is provided in the home. And long-term care planning isn't just about you. It's about the impact on your spouse or partner and other family members who provide care and whose lifestyle will be threatened because assets are being used up. What about the cost of insurance? Isn't it expensive? Compared to the cost of care, no. And today's policies are designed to keep people in their home. One of my colleagues calls it anti-nursing home insurance. Hmm. I wonder how many people think look at it that way. I have a very dear friend, Jack, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's in his late 50s. It's advanced and he can no longer do many normal activities. Thankfully, he and his wife, Jill, bought policies when they were younger and in good health. Jill's the primary caregiver, but the insurance enables them to get the skilled care he needs and to stay in their home. It also gives Jill the opportunity to get a break and recharge periodically.
5: It's the women who do most of the caregiving, isn't it?
9: Oh, yes. It is possible now for a woman to spend more time taking care of her spouse, parents, and in-laws than she did caring for their children. So, listeners, if you haven't done so already, please talk with your loved ones about long-term care planning. This is Terry, And this is Christina. Peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Sue Rocco
7: on Talk Radio 12.
4: Uh, Jessica, we were talking about your leadership style just before the break, and um, I think it's it's always good to hear that someone who's you know really has to make the final decisions at the end of the day is helping her team understand that their role is equally important. Um, and I would imagine that's one of the reasons you're in the position you are. There's no secret that women are far and few between in in your field, and I know that throughout your career there were often times where you were you know, maybe one of a few women in the room um, or at the table. Tell me what it is about you that allowed you to continue to rise through the ranks in that kind of a, a culture or climate. And, and did you have any roadblocks?
6: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I have, you know, any secret sauce. Um, at the end of the day, I think roles that I've had in the past is definitely one of few women... Um, you know, in some cases, there is even less, less diversity. Um, and there's really good shifts and intentional focus on diversity and inclusion being uh, a center point in hiring and growing an organization's culture. Um, I think part of my ability to to kind of thrive in a leadership role is staying curious and actually, Staying intentional about hiring, um, really smartly and diversifying my team, um, and it's it's something that I enjoy talking about um, with with my team, with my peers, with you know partners in HR, um, mentors, and, and even colleagues in different industries.
4: That's great. Um, I know that you know you're doing purposeful things or actionable things. I should say, robust wealth around diversity and inclusion. And I read something about a women's wealth panel.
6: Um, Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So we have our third annual conference is coming up uh, in another week or two. I think uh, March 10th, Mm -hmm. in fact, in Big Sky, Montana. So not only is it a phenomenal opportunity to to talk to some really great people in the space, but it's a beautiful ski resort as well. (laughs) It sounds like, yeah,
4: I'd love to go there. Montana is on my
6: list. (laughs) Oh, God, it's, it's gorgeous. And the, the women's panel is um, the, the second time that we're doing this. So we did it last year as well. And it was such a tremendous success because you heard from women who, who play the role of advisor, um, and they, they understand what it is to connect on a really deep level with their clients that they serve. And they talked a little bit, too, about the challenges in, in not only getting women interested in this space of, of financial advice, but also um, different perspectives on how to connect with clients mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how to leverage the technology and the different services that are out there. So we'll probably hear a little bit more about that, too, from this panel this year. And uh, it's always great to, to see the perspective um, and, and hear how these panel discussions go.
4: And, you know, I'm always curious to hear the differences between how women view money um, versus mm-hmm. men and what's your, what is your what do you, what have you seen throughout your career
6: um you know I'm not I'm not an expert in this space I can I can relate it back to you know my personal perspective which is um, you know saving for goals and um, you know looking at things like emergency funds you know I'm I'm a worrier I know a lot of women who are natural worriers and it's, it's something that I find interesting that, that I've got an emergency fund. I've always got an emergency fund, you know, whether it's a savings account or an investment account. And my husband's like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> well, I, think that, I
4: just think that means you're prepared and you're a planner, right? Right.
6: right. Well, well, la- we, we also have four kids, too, so it's like, I- okay, how many... Like all these five twenty nine accounts, all oh these my gosh, accounts. Like, yes, all
4: straight. <laughs> you can't be the mom of four boys and not have something to worry about. And it's ironic that you just said that right. because I wanted to, I want to read a quote, uh, and then I wanted to ask you about you know worry and stress and anxiety. You said I love science fiction and books that let me escape from reality um, a little bit, and of course I want to know you know what. Causes you stress and anxiety. Um, obviously, the answer to my question of you know what do you do in those moments you know you you answered that question, but what are the things you know um, that that worry you most, keep you up at night?
6: It's it's tough because it, it can ebb and flow depending on what's going on around me. Right, anything mm-hmm. from what's happening in the in the world to what's happening in my house. Right. Um, So common things that that cause me stress and make me worry are, um, do we have enough? Do we have enough for um, the boys to live as great a life as I've been so fortunate to have or better? Um, Are we protected enough? And do we have the same opportunities to give them that I had growing up or that my husband had growing up? Um are we on the, on the career side, on the work side, it's are we building the right thing? you know, Are my customers really happy? It's It's a passion of mine, and I can't I can't let it go and I will literally lose sleep if I'm like, crap, you know, my customer really didn't like this thing that we did. Mm. Um, I get I get bummed out about that, right you know And, and or, meanwhile, we
4: know that, that you can't please everyone all the time, right? there's there's that right. awareness of that.
6: And I I stew when there's conflict, too. So, like, I'll Mm. I'll ruminate on things and, like, try to figure out, because I've got this, like, problem-solver tendency, I'll really want to figure out, okay, how can I solve this problem? And I know... I can't solve every problem that comes my way, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to try.
4: Well, I think leaders do that in general, people in in leadership position, because you have a lot on your plate. Um, I want to talk more when we come back about your your role as a mom and what example you hope to show your boys um, through the work that you do as a leader. Stay with us for the break, and you'll hear from Mary Manzo for our Tech Watch and our Diversity Watch with Hanadi Shahabedin. We'll be right back.
2: Peace be upon you all, this is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. I live in the US, my brother lives in London with his family, and my mom and my other siblings live in Lebanon. Despite that, we make an effort to meet at least once a year. I do that because I love my family, of course, but also because maintaining ties of kinship in Islam is a great act of worship. That practice is specific to the immediate family and close relatives. Like the time my family and I had a three-hour layover in Canada and met my cousin and her daughter at the airport for a quick coffee. I am the merciful, said God, I have created ties of kinship and derived a name for it from my name. If anyone maintains ties of kinship, I maintain connection with them, and I shall cut off anyone who cuts them off." So being connected with close relatives is being connected with God. Prophetic sayings indicate two granted benefits for that practice, first, an increase in sustenance or wealth, and second, an expansion in age. And who doesn't need more of those two? Harvard researchers discovered a surprising finding in 2017 in study on adult development that our relationships with relatives, family members, and friends have a powerful influence on our health and happiness. Close relationships are better predictors of long and happy lives than social class, IQ, and genes, the study concluded. Maintaining good relations with our relatives is not just when we're on good terms with them, but it's highly recommended to maintain and reestablish those ties when there is a disconnect. be the first that reconnects families and restart conversations and visits after an argument or misunderstanding. When we know that there is a higher purpose and benefit to this connection, it becomes a lot easier to take that first hard step. So if you have a mom that you haven't spoken to in a while, an uncle that is far away, I invite you today to give yourself a few minutes to connect with them beyond what they deserve and don't deserve. Connect with them because you'll be the first to benefit from this call. Why not connect with me as well by visiting hanadyspeaksout.com.
1: Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You
8: see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something.
1: Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives, and her show is listened to in 87 countries.
8: Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity.
1: Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, a celebration of you, Holly Dowling. Empowering those who can change the world, hollydowling.com.
3: Now,
5: the women to watch, Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso from Pathways Consulting Group. Early in my career in the 90s, I was introduced to my first role in a New Jersey-based technology company. I was brought in as the manager of all things operational as employee number six. I was one of two women in the office when I started, and as the company grew, I became very aware of how few women I encountered in the tech industry, both in the company and our customers. After 10 years, we reached our goal of $100 million in annual revenue. I had a seat on the leadership team and felt good about my contributions and thought it was time to discuss career path with my boss. His response was that unless I wanted his job, there was none. This response made me so angry, and I quickly opened my eyes. He didn't care what I wanted to do or what my goals and aspirations were, and I realized that if I wanted to advance and take my talents to the next level, I'd have to get out of my own way and reach the level of confidence needed to achieve what I wanted in a male-dominated industry. What I discovered was that all those years, I subconsciously allowed myself to be intimidated by the men around me, and if I wanted to be successful, I had to stop looking at men as men and women as women and focus more on carrying myself with the level of confidence needed to be a leader and to adjust the way I would deliver my message regardless of the audience. I realized that I needed to focus on my role and not the gender in the room. The good news is that the gender gap is closing in the tech industry because of the stories of the past and the lessons that have been learned. I think it's important to share our experiences to help young girls shape their dreams and future, whether it's in the tech industry or something else. What's your story? Email me at mary at pathwayscg.com.
4: If you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Jessica Wook, the Chief Product Officer for Robust Wealth, and um, I want to, you know, certainly this show is, is always about uh, my guest and who they are in addition to the work that they're doing, and your role as a mother of four boys is certainly a big part of who you are. And in this, you know, this culture that we're in where we're talking very openly about the role of, of women and men and girls and boys. I wanted to ask you what kind of example you hope to show your four boys through your role um, as a leader in a company, you know, holding a big job like this.
6: I I adore um, being a mom and having a career and, you know, playing the the, the different roles. Um. And my boys see all the hard work, you know, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen in the office. And so they see that they see when we come home and work comes home with us or, um, you know, there, there was a hard day and I, I have these impactful moments that I'll share with you. I walked in the door one day and I was, I was completely bummed out and stressed out. And my seven year old came up to me and he goes, mom, did you have a hard day? And I said, yeah, I did. He goes, you need a hug, don't you? And he just mm-hmm. gave me this big bear hug. And I was like, when did you get to be such a little man? He's like, well, <laughs> I, so learned, I learned from you. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I yeah. learned from you. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of empathy that I hope to teach them is like, if somebody's having a struggle, reach out to them. And it doesn't matter what they're going through. And they and they get that. And they, they're, they're learning the value of hard work and, the elements of having an environment that makes it okay to fail and learn from those lessons so you can grow. Um, you know, just this morning before I left the house, when my oldest was doing a, a extra credit project, and I looked it over with him and I said, this is good. I think you could have done X, Y, and Z things better with your project, and it would have, Given it a little bit more pizzazz. And he he kind of, like, took the feedback in, and I could see it registering with him. And he got a little bummed out, but then he was like, okay, I get it. And I said, but you're going to turn this in, and, and this is good work. You can keep doing this and keep doing better and better and better, and you've got this. And, you know, he... he he was happy with that like you could tell physically mentally like all those things were there to say like yeah I got this you're yeah. right yeah the, Thanks, mom.
4: room for improvement you know is always is always there and you you kind of want your kids to to want to do the best that they can
6: right and say right. that it's okay like you're not gonna get it right the first time out of the gate yeah. nobody ever does and and even at work we have this concept of launching a, a first iteration or a, or a minimum viable product or a beta release right the, and there's so many different terms you could wrap around it, but it's really about getting something out into the hands or, or in front of the eyes of somebody else and learning from how they perceive that end result, mm. right? Is it usable? Do they, they feel some emotion around it? Right. Is it achieving some goal and, and providing some value? And I, I really want them to learn that alongside of the other things like empathy and um, just being hard workers.
4: Yeah, being good people, right? Being, mm-hmm. being kind and good people. You know, I am not in technology per se, but I have this constant curiosity around it, and I always want to be kind of up and knowledgeable about the latest and greatest. So I wonder, how do you um, keep up with the constant innovations in technology and not have this kind of, you know, anxiety around we're, we're working on something, we're developing something, but something better is right around the corner because every day yeah. there's something new.
6: Right. How do you right. deal with the that? The pace of technology is going really, really fast. Really fast. Um, and, and to be frank, you know, I, I burned out a little bit um, early on in my role as a network engineer. It was, it was hard to keep up. It was even harder to keep up without having um, a ton of great support and clear direction, um, which are things that I tried to keep with me as I moved into more leadership roles myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so things that I do, I look at, um, you know, articles, things I can, I can gather online. Resources like Medium are great for, for reading up on new technology. Um, you know, Stack Overflow, Reddit, even to some extent. Like, there's so many great resources online and then talking to people. So the team that I've hired, a lot of them come from different industries or, or different roles. And they know different platforms, different technology. Um, so I listen to them and I talk to them a lot and I seek out opinions from, from folks. And that's really a great way to learn. And then hands-on stuff. Um, you know, whatever I can get my hands on and try to break. <laughs> a lot of fun. Right. Um, I guess sometimes
4: I feel as though, um, you know, you you master something and then the, it's just like the iPhone, right? <laughs> as soon as you oh, get that oh. iPhone, the next higher up number is available. Oh. Um, right. So, yeah, when is it good enough, you know?
6: Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I think as long as it's still fulfilling a need or providing some value, I, I kind of... It's funny. I, I like to inspect things. I like to push the envelope on things. But then there's there's times when I kind of leave it alone. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Um, yeah. Just kind of observe it. Mm-hmm. And the second you think, okay, I can either make a leap and there might be something else here to drive differentiation. Cool, I'll make the leap. Or maybe we'll observe it for a little while and see what else we can learn by, you know, whether gathering some metrics and doing some interesting analysis. I want things to be, like, really factual and data-driven. Anecdotal stuff is really nice, but hard to measure. So I try to avoid that as much as possible.
4: Very good. Listen, all good advice, Jessica. It was really great to share your story and kind of find out how it is that you uh, find best to lead your team in an industry that there are not as many women. So I thank you so much for taking time to, to be with me this evening.
6: Thank you for having me, Sue. It's been a pleasure.
4: That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you so much to our sponsors and contributors for helping me to bring you the real story behind her title. Here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, have a great week.
1: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.